Welcome to Roadmap to One Million. My name is Stacey Zeal, and if you're looking to make more money, gain your time back, and rapidly grow your visibility so that you can impact way more people with your brilliance, you're in the right place. This podcast is your one-stop shop for turning your online business dreams into a reality. My main goal is to give women entrepreneurs just like you the marketing strategies, guidance, and expert insights you need to hit that million-dollar milestone and beyond. Whether you're a coach, a consultant, or an online brand that wants to make a big impact, Roadmap to One Million gives you the actionable strategies and inspiration you need so that you can implement right away, no fluff, no fuss. So CEO, are you ready to buckle up and accelerate your growth? Be sure to follow the show and let's dive in. Get ready to uncover your Roadmap to One Million. All right, y'all, welcome back to another episode of Roadmap to One Million. I am your host, Stacey, and I am excited for y'all to be here because we are talking about PR and digital marketing today. Y'all know we, y'all know I love marketing. Marketing is my jam, but I have someone in the building today who is going to be able to talk about PR and digital marketing, like how those two things relate, how you can make sure that um, as you're growing your business, you're considering different things with PR and digital marketing that's going to help you to grow your business. So welcome to the show, Holly. How are you? Hi, Stacey. I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Good. I'm excited to ha- I'm excited to have you here um, as well. So you are a partner and head of digital marketing at Full Swing PR, well, Full Swing Public Relations. <laughs> um, so can you tell me a little bit about what Full Swing PR does, who y'all help, and you know what kind of results do y'all help um, people to get? Yeah, absolutely. So my business partner and I uh, own Full Swing PR, where we help underrecognized leaders shape and share their story uh, so that they can reclaim their power and rewrite the human story. And so what that means to us is that we know that only 36% of sources quoted in the media worldwide are women. And you know that most of them are cis, straight, white women. And so we really believe that who is seen and heard, it means that that's who has power. And it's our mission to change those stats and elevate the voices of business leaders who aren't aren't the norm, aren't the status quo, aren't the ones that are seen um, most often in the media, because we know, you know, black women start businesses at rates much higher than everyone else. So uh, we want to we want to tell their stories. And that's what we do. I love that. I love that you work with underrepresented voices or underrecognized voices um, because you're st- it's so important. Like that, that's that third game percent. I'm just like, oh my gosh, really? That's it. <laughs> and like you said, most of it probably is like, you know, cis white women. Um, so I love that that's who you represent. And that's real, definitely who um, listens to this podcast. And um, we're, we're very, it's very important for me to specifically feel like I give people who are amplifying our voices a platform to be able Ooh. to take what we are doing and to be able to help us to also just become, to make that percentage even smaller, well, to make that percentage even bigger and to fill it with people who have diverse voices. So before we jump into the interview, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey to founding or your, your journey to Full Swing PR and um, all that. I love, I love to hear background stories. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, um, Caitlin and I both. So Caitlin is my business partner. And we always say that we are unlikely PR professionals and that that's not where we ever set out to do or to be. Um, I started in, I studied communication theory. So not even, not even like media. I wasn't studying PR. I wasn't studying marketing. I was studying like how and why we as people communicate (laughs) um, uh, verbally, uh, non-verbally, you know, all of the ways in the theory behind that 
because I've always been really obsessed with um, people's stories and, um, you know, words and how how we all relate to one another through through words, which I think are so sacred. Um, and so I studied communications theory, but then found my way into producing television. And so I started in journalism as a producer of a local television talk show on the ABC affiliate up here in upstate New York. And that's where I learned, you know, in TV, you have about two minutes to make an impact, uh, say a statement, uh, uh, say something that makes people want to take an action. And so that's where I really uh, honed my skill in helping brands and organizations tell their stories in a way that inspires people to take action. And since then, then I went into some nonprofit work and then worked primarily in marketing agencies. Uh, and then that's kind of how I got into marketing. Caitlin and I met at a marketing agency and we were like, okay, wait, <laughs> we've been here a couple of years we know our stuff, like we can do this on our own. And uh, we're no longer the youngest people in the room. And we definitely think that uh, that uh, the people leading, you know, maybe could use, maybe could use some of our advice. <laughs> so we started our own business instead. <laughs> she actually started it. And then I became her business partner um, a couple of years later. I love that. I love that you said, um, so it's, it's interesting, like when I, my first job out of college, so I went to school for marketing, um, marketing and communications, to be honest. Um, and so it was a heavy focus in communications and a light focus in marketing. But marketing was something that I just loved. And I just went like I did my internships in marketing. I said, well, if I can't get the I took a couple marketing classes, but I was like, I need to like read all the marketing books and all the things. And I remember I got my first job um, out of college and it was at a, law, a business law firm. And they were working with a PR agency at the time. So I was the only, I was one, I was the youngest person in the room. I was the only yeah. black person in the room. And then I was yeah. also um, kind of like a novice of really getting started as a marketer. I was just like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I just kind of like, <laughs> you know, yeah. was coming out of college. Cause like college can teach you theory and all that kind of stuff. When you actually have dollars and cents in front of you, it's like, it's a whole different game. Um, and so I remember this company, they had already had a PR agency on board. And so part of my job, was to work with the PR company to figure out like, well, not just what are they doing? And I wasn't like watching them or anything like that, but it was really trying to figure out like, how do we make sure that what we're doing PR wise and marketing kind of mesh and that they work together? Because I think sometimes I remember, you know, like when I was started in marketing, like being a digital marketer was a specialization. So you had to learn websites and email and SEO and social and all the things. But then you get to a point now where it's like people are specialized in certain areas of marketing. And so talk to me a little bit about that overlap that you see between PR and marketing, because your background is like, you know, a lot of marketing and you are the head of digital. So where is that overlap? I mean, a lot of times we think PR and marketing are separate, but I don't see them as separate. I see them as kind of like, you know, they're their cousins, maybe like, you yeah. know, they, they come from the same family. <laughs> yeah, they're in the same family. I mean, if marketing is the parent, PR is one of the kids, not yeah. the only kid. But yeah. it's one of the kids. Yeah, you're speaking my language because I couldn't agree more. I think that PR is a tactic of marketing. And so the way we look at it, we always say that PRs help you is what helps you be seen. And digital marketing is what helps you become sought after because uh, you can get placed in the New York Times. You can get placed in Fast Company. But if then when you, you know, when 
you land that win. If when somebody, you captured that attention, somebody sees that clip, they read that story and they like your stuff. If they don't, if they go to your website and it's not clear how they can hire you or what you do, if you don't have a clear way to capture their email address and then start communicating with them, then that, that attention really fizzles out quickly. And so, especially with a news cycle that is, you know, 15 minutes of fame, it would be long, right? The news cycle these days changed every couple of minutes. And so a news clip is only as long as the marketing efforts around it. And so we really counsel our clients in helping them determine, you know, okay, yes, you get a media win. But then what happens next? And then we're always looking at what do you want your audience members to be? What do we we want your leads to be doing next? Um, And so we're optimizing, you know, each step of each step of the customer journey to ensure that they do that. Leading your marketing as the CEO can be time consuming and draining, which leads to inconsistent marketing and slow growth. If you're looking to supercharge your sales, gain your precious CEO time back, and increase your impact, our fractional chief marketing officer service at Stacey Zalenko is your secret weapon. Picture this, no more missed deadlines, no more unfinished campaigns, no more jumping from tactic to tactic. You can absolutely achieve all of that without pouring more of your time into marketing, even if you have a small and inexperienced team. Want to know how? Head over to stacyzeal.co slash CMO right now to watch our free video. We'll show you the exact strategies and tactics that have helped countless online service providers, coaches, and consultants just like you skyrocket their sales with their existing team. Don't miss out on this opportunity to transform your business. Visit stacyzeal.co slash CMO today to watch the video and get ready to make more money, gain your time back, and increase your impact. All right, let's jump back into the episode. I love that you say that because it's, it's not enough to just capture attention, but it's because like you said, like attention is fleeting, right? You know, attention is going to only last for a couple minutes or maybe 15 minutes if you had that, you know, big placement um, for that 15 minutes of fame. But then it's like, how do you make sure that all of these people who are now looking at your brand and are trying to figure out who you are and how do you make sure that they get a clear picture of who you are, what you do? And then the ultimate goal, which everybody on this show wants to know is how do we turn them into sales? How do we make sure that those people actually do come into our world become leads and then actually translate that into dollars and cents. So, and you know, a lot of us that listen to this show, we know marketing and we're like, you know, and people listen to this show because they want to learn how to do digital marketing a lot better. But when should they start thinking about incorporating PR into their overall marketing strategy? Like what are some key indicators that it's really time for them to start to consider PR as a part, consider adding PR to their digital strategy um, if they hadn't done that already. Yeah, I know your audience is people who have a proven product and they have a product that has worked in the marketplace and uh, and and they know how they're going to sell it, right? I always say that uh, PR is like pouring gasoline on a smoldering, smoldering fire. You need to have a sales funnel in place. You need to have... Um, you need to have a proven product and you need to know exactly how, you, how you're going to sell that product. Even if you've only done it three or four times, you need to have that in place because what PR does is get you attention. If you're not ready for that attention, if you don't know how you're going to capture the lead, if you don't know the 
um, the ways that you are going to take that lead from, from engagement to conversion, then you're not ready for PR um, because what will happen is you'll get a lot of attention and it'll go away really quickly. And so have a proven product, have a sales funnel in place. For God, please have an email list. Like <laughs> I please have an email list and then and then do PR. <laughs> Yes. I love that you say that because I say the same kind of analogy when I think about Facebook ads and yeah. you know, it's like, it's like pouring gasoline onto a fire. And so that fire is essential. Like you have to get something burning first. And a lot of people want to turn to Facebook ads because they're like, oh, I just want to accelerate my growth or I want like, I want more people to see what I'm doing. And I find in this, in the same way that ads will not save your business, PR is not going to save your business. Like if your business is not making sales or you are having a sales problem, right? Like you're having a problem converting the leads that you are getting, um, then that means that you need to focus on the organic piece of it on the organic marketing first before you jump into ads. And I can say it's the same thing with PR. It's like before you jump into PR and before you start to try to put yourself on a bigger stage, because that's really what ads do and what PR does. It takes what you're doing and put it on a bigger stage. You need to yeah. have key components in place. And I say, and I, when you were talking, I thought about how people who there have been so many stories about people who go viral and it breaks their business. And it's because they don't have these essential pieces in place because you go viral and you get all this attention on you for five seconds. But it's like, what are you going to do with that five seconds? How are you going to turn that five seconds into five minutes, five months, five years? Um, because this is not going to be something that happens over and over and over again in your business. Like I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure with PR, like you're not going to, you know, you probably will get placements in a lot of big places, but you might not get placements that are going to, you know, um, that are going to, kind of drive, turn your business from, you know, failing to actually, you know, succeeding, right? It really is about taking what you're doing that's already a proven product and a proven offer and a proven um, strategy that you have in place and putting that on to a, a larger stage. So I love, love, love that you say that. Yeah. And yes, PR is not doing. sales, but PR is not sales, but PR leads to sales, Yes, right? Yeah. And so sometimes people will come to us and say like, I need sales. And it's like, okay, what problem are we solving? Are you solving a conversion problem? Meaning that uh, you get people who come in to you, but they, but they don't say yes. Well, then that tells me that your positioning is off and we need to figure out your positioning. That is totally a PR thing. Or are you solving uh, an awareness problem where once people find you, they're ready to buy and they're super excited, but you just aren't in front of enough people. And then and then PR solves that problem too. So is it positioning or is it awareness that you need? Yeah, that's a, that is, yeah, that's such a great a great way to break that down um, because it is just like like you said, what problem are you trying to solve? If it's a problem of I'm not making any sales, you know, I can't get any sales by the efforts that I'm currently doing, adding more attention is not going to actually, you know, take their business and turn convert it into sales. And I love that you said PR leads to sales. And I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I find the same thing with ads also. It's like it lead, all of these things lead together. All of these things compound and they build on each other. And I think about, you know, if you're looking at, like, I feel like we're in a world now where people are so reliant on organic social because they are focused on that quick win, that instant gratification. Um, they're, you know, they're focused on the quick win, they're focused on instant gratification. And it's more like they can, it's more tangible. I guess they can see like, oh, I put a post out and someone responded, they raised their hand and they're ready to go. But when you think about email and some of these other like PR and ads and things like that, they are more of a long-term kind of strategy. They're something that 
is going to add a lot more attention to your business, but it has to be ready for the attention. It has to be, you know, set up in a way that makes sure that the, uh, that, that, that the attention that you do garner is going to be actually converted into leads and sales. And so what are some other mistakes that you find that service providers or online service providers or coaches or people who are in our space, what are they, what are some of those mistakes that they make when it comes to, um, looking at their digital marketing as well as layering PR and media on top of that? Yeah, I don't think that they they necessarily tie it to their bottom line goals. So how is awareness going to, you know, feed the other pieces? And then and additionally, often I see our clients come in and they want to go from zero to a thousand in a couple of months. And really, I think that PR or marketing in general is, it's a layering process, right? You can't go from, uh, no communication with your list on email or on social, for example, to providing super valuable educational content every day, because you're also a business owner with a viable business. You're trying to solve your client's problems every day, right? Like you're working on your business. You only have so much time, even if you have a team to work on your marketing. And so what I always say is it's a layer approach. Um, we start with say, if you want to say, um, communicating with your email list. Okay. You brought full swing on board and we're helping you with your PR. We're helping you create awareness. Um, and with that, now we're trying to talk, we're making sure that you're talking to your email list. So we start with like, let's try to just send one email a week, right? One email a week. And that means, you know, data show that, people on your list see one in every four emails that you send. So that's good. That's better than sending one a month. If you were sending one a month, they're only seeing four emails a year. You're not going to capture their attention. They're not going to have that name recognition with you or that relationship. So you send one a week and um, then like you start to see some traction and you start to see some momentum. Full Swing, for example, we had the goal of let's send one email a week. And it took us a year to stay consistent with that. It took us a year to send one email a week. After that year, we finally, like, we finally got in the groove. We got our systems in place. And now we, then we added it to two emails a week. And then quickly we added to three emails a week. But and now our email list is the source of most of our leads, is the source of most of our business and um, is, you know, we get our own PR, like me being on this podcast, right? Like I go out and do PR and then people hopefully come to our website. Uh, we have great lead magnets. You can download anything on our freebies page yeah. uh, and join our list, right? And <laughs> And now we're talking to them multiple times a week and we get so many compliments on our email, so many compliments on um, what we're talking about with our clients. And, but it's a slow game. It, just like you said a minute ago, it's a slow game and you, you have to keep building on it. You're not going to be, you know, doing the, all of the best practices of every marketing strategy tomorrow, but you won't get there if you don't start. Mm, love that. You won't get there if you don't start, y'all. That is such gold right there. Um, <clears throat> because it's like a lot of people, like you were saying, they want to go from zero to a thousand. But really with marketing, you're going to go from zero to a hundred. Then you go from a hundred to 200. Then you'll go from 200 to 400, 400 to 800 and so on, right? Like it's really about figuring out like what's working and how do I, you know, position my, how do I, you know, stay consistent so I know what's working? Because a lot of times people don't give me, give anything enough, um, enough attention and enough, uh, enough eyeballs to even see if something's working before they're actually ready to jump ship. 
um, because they're yeah. like, well, I had this, um, you know, I had this article post on CNBC recently, and I'm getting a ton of traffic to my website from this article that I was quoted in. And I'm just like, okay, well, how do I make sure that I know what, like, you know, where are people going? Like, what freebies are they downloading? What are the stuff? So that way I can make sure that the next big thing that I get, you know, like I can make sure that that, that traffic is more focused and that it actually converts more into sales and stuff like that. So you really do have to start and you have to figure some stuff out. And you have to, like you said, getting consistent, like putting the systems and stuff in place. I actually just had a client who um, was a, I'm also a fractional chief marketing officer. So I help people with kind of like, you know, pulling their marketing together, figuring out, because a lot of times people have like one, one person's doing this, SEO's doing this, social media's doing this, you know, websites doing this, and everything's not talking together. And so I had a client who she was saying like, we've been trying to do a monthly newsletter for years and we cannot get this newsletter out every month. And I'm like, well, what systems do you have in place to get the newsletter out? You don't have any systems in place to get, oh, okay, well, that's the problem. It's not your people. It's that you don't have any systems in place to make sure that this gets done. And so before you go out and try to, um, you know, go to a thousand, let's make sure we are sending those weekly emails out. Let's make sure that we are actually, you know, getting people who are reading and responding to our emails and opening them. We're sending them out consistently. We're testing different messaging and we're actually going all in on these different channels that we've designated as important to us before we go and jump on TikTok. And before we go and jump and do all these other things, because all of that requires a strategy too. And like, I know I beat up on TikTok a lot on this plat on this podcast, y'all. I'm not a TikTok, I'm not a TikTok hater. I mean, a little bit, but I'm not a TikTok hater. <laughs> but you know, like, it blows my mind when people are saying, like, yep, yeah, Facebook ads are working for me. I mean, Facebook's working for me. Instagram's working for me. And then their next step is now I'm gonna go get on TikTok. And it's like, why? <laughs> when you haven't started yet, or you're like. Oh <laughs> Okay, you know when Threads came out and everyone was like on Threads and my whole team, and so Threads was Instagram launched it, right? They're trying to go after Twitter. And my whole team is like, we got to get on Threads, you know? And I'm like, whoa, 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 absolutely not. Like all of our clients are like, do we get on Threads? I'm like, absolutely not. And here's why. <laughs> I could go, you could get me on a tangent on that right now. And maybe you don't want it. Why not? I love tangents, so go for it. <laughs> okay, okay. So- Here's what I said to my team. Facebook, obviously, uh, who owns Instagram, Instagram launched uh, threads, has a very um, well-documented theme of going after uh, other competitors in that space and like launching a new product within their product as to compete against their space. For example, um, before... Instagram stories launched, there was a successful like other video platform. I forgot what it was called now. Um, Vine, right? Like uh, Vine started and then Instagram stories launched. And so, and they catapulted, like, like they got rid of Vine. Uh, this is another example of they're trying to go after Twitter because Elon Musk has it now and they see that as an opportunity, right? And they tried to capture it. But it's, it got everyone's attention for a week and then it fizzled. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to go and try out this new thing before it's tested. Like let other people test it. Let's see if it's working. And also like, you don't have time to invest in another platform, another strategy. Like, no, we're not going there. Like who uses threads anymore after the big, like two weeks where everyone was so excited about it? No. Also it was trash. Exactly. It's such a, it's, that's such a great example because I saw a stat that said that Threads was the most downloaded app 
in history, like in as far as like the time frame. But then also a few weeks later, it also the the um the usage plummeted. Like people downloaded it, they jumped on there, they everybody had a frenzy. They were like, Oh yeah, I hate Twitter, so now I'm gonna go on threads. And I'm like, if you hate Twitter, why do you think you go like threads? It's the same, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And Instagram did the same thing with TikTok. TikTok came out and they launched reels and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's been kind of successful. Right. But it's like Instagram does that. And it's just another business trying to get your attention Mm -hmm. away from their competitors. So don't whiplash your strategy for your business based on the objectives of another business. And I think it's really important as business owners to understand that these platforms that we're using for our businesses are businesses too. And so we need to have sustainable strategies rooted in what's working for us, not what's working for those platforms, those algorithms, et cetera. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that because that is, it's so true. It's like, they are a business and Facebook and Instagram's their business. I mean, I think that's even how Instagram, how Facebook ended up buying Instagram, right? Like didn't like, you know, like the Instagram was its own standalone kind of thing. It was doing its thing. It was getting popular. And then Facebook was like, Ooh, let me buy it and put it under my umbrella so that now, you know, we own more attention Um, because that's what these companies are trying to buy. They're trying to buy our attention and they know that our attention is fleeting and that we are going to chase, you know, shiny objects. We're going to go from this platform, this platform, but what has staying power? What has, what's something that's going to last long-term? Like if you think about, you know, like a lot of people now have jumped on the short form video wave and I think short form video is is great. It's fine. It's good to get your message across, but that's not going to beat a blog post. That's not going to beat a podcast episode where somebody can actually consume all that you have to say and then really feel like they've built a relationship with you and actually, you know, feel connected to your brand because a short form, like a real, you know, and same thing with TikTok. I remember seeing something with, um, on TikTok where this one follower, I mean, when this one influencer, she had millions and millions and millions of TikTok followers and she tried to have an in-person event. And she didn't get anybody to show up to, to this in-person event. And it's like, because they, TikTok users want to stay on TikTok. <laughs> they don't want to, you know, they don't feel like they have much of a relationship with you other than they're following you. And maybe they're seeing a button. TikTok is made to show you new content, new content, new content. So it's not made to show, to build that relationship that you get when you listen to a podcast and you subscribe and you listen to a few episodes or when you listen and when you subscribe to somebody's blog or you even subscribe to somebody's YouTube channel, right? Like you feel like you had that connection. And I think, it's so spot on what you said that a lot of clients are trying to jump from platform to platform to platform because we're trying to chase this little instant, you know, instant bit of success. But because blogs are boring, podcasts are boring, right? Like YouTube videos, they're, that's boring, right? That's long form. It's something that takes a long time to build. Um, it's ever, but it's evergreen content and it's something that stays around forever and ever and ever. So I love all that you said. So can you give us an example? Because you, I know that you sit between uh, making sure that, you know, not only our PR, you know, is like we're getting attention PR wise, but we're turning that and translating that into digital marketing and and that turning that into sales. Can you give us an example or any success stories that you have from some of your clients that have successfully integrated their PR and digital marketing efforts to then take their business to that next level? Yeah, definitely. Well, so what we say is we're a PR, we're a communications firm, right? We lead with PR because I have found, and I know I'm talking to an ads expert, I have found that uh, PR is the best way that small businesses can uh, five times, 10 times, or even a hundred times their reach um, mo- more faster, more faster. Thank you for that. <laughs> Love that. It's, it makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. And, 
and more affordably because yeah. you know we all know as business owners or at least i i'm gonna that's a sweeping assumption but i think we've all done the organic growth train right it takes a long time to grow organically on any social media platform it's a great tool for awareness any social media um uh, platform that your audience is on, but it takes a long time to grow. And, you know, only a portion of the people follow you see every post that you create. So you create, you spend a lot of time creating maybe three or four posts a week and only a portion of your people see that. If a thousand people follow you or even 10,000 people follow you, you're not getting a great pool, a, a huge reach, right? Then on the flip side, paid ads are a lot quicker, a great way to to five time, 10 time or more your reach. Um, we use paid ads for our business, um, but our client, you know, ourselves and our clients like are spending anywhere from 2000 to 50,000 a month on awareness ads on social media, right? And so that's not always a uh, accessible for business owners. Um, and so then you have PR here where you can, you know, get a win and get in front of uh, uh, the audiences that other people have been building for uh, decades, years, and have spent, you know, millions of dollars building, right? Fast Company uh, has spent billions of dollars yeah. getting an audience, growing an audience that like knows and trusts them. If you get on fast company, you know, you're, you're immediately growing your reach a lot quicker. So, so that's the thing as we say, like, um, it's a great tool for awareness to use quickly. Um, but we work with a lot of, we say boring businesses, they're business, they're mostly professional services business. So, um, for example, we have a law firm that uh, started with us just over a year ago now. Um, but I think it was six months into our work together. So we've been doing um, social email PR for them. Uh, they they turned from doing, um, I think it was like 10 discovery calls a month into 20 discovery calls a month. And the only thing that changed was that they started using us for their awareness. So um, really using PR for awareness is they also do paid ads, but for something else um, is a great, is a great way to, you know, really grow your reach and catapult your business forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great example. And mind you, like, and I'll say like, cheers to boring businesses. Cause I am looking forward to having a boring business one day. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when there yeah. aren't a whole lot of like exciting, crazy bells ringing and fires and everything everywhere. I'm excited for boring. Um, but I think that that's such a great, great example because going from, you know, because that's, that illustrates exponential growth, right? It's not going from booking 10 sales calls to 11 to 12. It's going from, you know, booking 10 to 20 and able to being able to sustain that. And then being able to go from 20 to 30 and 30, you know, 30 to 40, like that's how you create exponential growth. And that's how you scale. And I find that a lot of times if CEOs are not marketers, they don't understand that they want to go from zero to hundred, but it's like, actually we need to know what works between zero to 10 so that we can get from 10 to 20. Like we have to yeah. be able to have that data that tells us what works so that way we can scale it up because then you can say like, okay, well now we know that, you know, PR works for this company. So let's scale up and let's do more of that. And let's figure out how we can get them more presence and more awareness. So I love that you chose a story that, in, that illustrates incremental, I mean, that, that, um, that um, illustrates ex, um, exponential growth. And when I was at Zappos, when I used to, you know, lead paid social there, that was the first time I had heard someone describe incremental when it came to marketing. 
Like, you know, it wasn't about going from, you know, uh, like getting one sale a day to two sales a day. It's like going from get, getting from getting two sales a day to four sales a day. How do we make sure we sustain that? And then we go from, and then we're going to try to go from, from four to six. So we're trying to go from four to eight. It's really about testing a lot of things, trying different things, figuring out what actually works, what does create that exponential success or that incremental success, because it has to build on itself. It's not about saying like we went viral one month and we went from having 10 sales calls to 20 sales calls, but now we're back down to five sales calls the next month because we weren't able to understand what worked and what actually we can do to sustain that kind of growth. So I love that, that that's a great example for everyone out there thinking about the, the the power of PR. So lastly, tell me a little bit about what are some, what would advice would you have for online service providers who are just starting to explore the world of PR, like, and they want to ensure that it does track back to that, um, to that growth that they have in their marketing. So we talked about what they need to have in place before they really start, um, you know, before they start to dive into PR, but what are some advice that you would have for them, for people who are kind of just getting their feet wet with getting their feet wet with PR? Yeah. So often when people are just getting started, I will ask them what their target outlets are and they'll say outlets that have, you know, top tier names. And those are so important and you should go after them. And they're not the first stop. Going back on our, um, you know, building momentum theme of this, of this podcast episode. So I always say, don't forget about local and regional press. There are a lot of uh, small wins that you can have on your way to those bigger, those bigger wins. For example, a different law firm that we work with, we've been working with them for four years now. Um, they are a regional law firm. They only service people within a certain, uh, within a certain base. However, they are just now starting to want to grow into bigger markets. Um, but for the last couple of years, we've only been getting them local and regional wins. So that's, you know, their local trade publications, their local news out, uh, like news outlets. What are the awards that are happening um, in, the, in those smaller spaces? Uh, what are the events or speaking opportunities that they have in those local and regional places? Um, we focus on getting them there. And then we shared them all on her LinkedIn. And so every local or regional win that she got was on her LinkedIn. Well, then uh, Nancy Grace, a big, you know, obviously big name, top tier uh, media person, a producer from there was on LinkedIn trying to find uh, attorneys, law firms who could talk about this specific topic. She stumbled on our client's LinkedIn because we had been, you know, purposefully, uh, tailoring her LinkedIn, adding all of her local and regional press. And now Nancy Grace wanted to talk to her because she vetted, she vetted her LinkedIn profile, saw, saw that she had all these great wins and came to her. Like we didn't even pitch Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace came to her based on the local and regional wins she got. So don't rule out on your way to those top tier placements. Don't rule out the lower lifts. Like what, where's your alumni publications? Like, can you talk to the college that you graduated from? I'm sure they have a podcast or, you know, um, et cetera. Like where are the, the other smaller places that you can get into? Lastly, what I'd say is, uh, don't forget about podcasts that, uh, that your target audience listens to all of the time, because actually like we could get a top tier, like we could get on fast company as full swing. And you know, what's probably going to be more impactful. Caitlin and I were on Rachel Rogers, Hello Seven podcast a year ago. <laughs> I yeah. love that episode. 
right? Okay. That is full of our target audience. When we were on that podcast, our social media grew by a couple hundred in like 24 hours. And the discovery calls that we've been having for the last year largely have come from that one episode. And that's Rachel Rogers is not a household name. I mean, she is to us, but you know, it's her target audience loves and is obsessed with her and her target audience is our target audience. So think about who, where are the places that are going to be easier for you to sneak into that are, that your target audience is obsessed with and listens to all the time. And podcasts are a great way to do that uh, because it's a really intimate way to kind of grow a relationship with someone really quickly. Someone listens to an hour podcast that you're on and they immediately have an established relationship with you that you can continue to, to build on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love what you said about the alumni looking at your alumni books and things like that, because I get an alumni book from my, from my college, shout out to Stevenson university. Um, and yes. so I get something from them all the time. And I always look at it, even though every time I check my mailbox, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a thick ass book that they're sending me again. But I always look at it. I always look at it because I'm curious. I'm like, is anybody I know in here? What's going on? Like, I'm always looking, I'm always getting, you know, get their emails and that kind of thing. Cause I already had that, you know, that connection to them. And then I love what you said about, um, you know, podcasts because you're so right. Like, especially if a host is going to bring you on, then they most likely have some kind of trust and that audience already trusts the host. So y'all, cause y'all know on this podcast, y'all not, I'm not bringing no guests on here that that's not going to be great. And that's not going to give you value. And so there's an, that inherent trust because y'all know I give you value and I want to make sure that my podcast provides value to my audience. And so that if you're not following the show, make sure you're following the show. Um, <laughs> So I always try to provide value and I always bring on guests that are also going to bring value. And so there is that inherent trust there. And like you said, like we were, you know, kind of what we were talking about before is that podcasts are evergreen. So like you were saying, you're getting the, you're getting discovery calls from a podcast that premiered, you know, a month, I mean, like six months ago, six months to a year ago, and you're still getting calls and stuff from it because they have staying power because they are evergreen. So I love all that we talked about today. I actually just wrote down the title of the episode that I'm playing around with um, when you were saying we were talking about momentum. And I feel like that's exactly what we've been talking about today. It's like building on that momentum that you've already built, taking that spark that you already have in your business and pouring the gasoline on it and lighting it on fire. So I've had such a great conversation with you, Holly. Tell everybody about how they can connect with you, your freebies that you have where to find you, all the things so that they can make sure that they learn more. And these will also be in the show notes, y'all. We'll have all of the stuff that she mentions right now in the show notes as well. So if you can go check that to get the links. Yeah, absolutely. So we are full swing PR. We do public relations for professional services, companies, under-recognized leaders, and folks who really want to share their story louder and grow their businesses. You can visit us at fullswingpr.com on all of the social media platforms at full swing PR. And if you go to our website, you'll see you can download the one page PR plan. It's the first thing when you go to our website. Uh, so you can see that and get on our list because we talk to our list a lot, but not annoyingly. And we give really tangible, uh, really easy to understand and implement uh, tips on how to grow your business with public relations and digital marketing. Love that. I know I'm about to go download the one page, one, the one page PR strategy, y'all, because I definitely, <laughs> definitely am ready for some more PR. I mean, I've definitely <laughs> had some Hmm. You need to pitch yourself to your, to your uh, alumni publication. I know, I know you do that right now. Yeah. Like, yep. I definitely yeah, I need to do that. And it's funny because I did have one of my professors 
reach out to me over the summertime and was like, when are you going to come and speak at Stevenson? I was like, oh, girl, you just let me know. I will be there. I am down the street now because <laughs> I, I moved to Las Vegas for a while. So I was over there and kind of building my network there and now kind of moving back and getting building my local network here um, again. So definitely thank you so much again, Holly, for coming on the show. Y'all make sure that you are following the show. We have fantastic guests, as you can see, and we are making, make sure that you head to the show notes if you want to get any of the links that Holly has mentioned or, you know, going to her site and all those kinds of things. So thanks again for coming on the show. Make sure y'all are following. We have new episodes every Tuesday. I'm going to go ahead and end it here and I will talk to y'all later. Thank you. OMG, that episode was packed with gems. Are you ready for more? Head over to stacyzeal.co slash podcast to get the show notes and to sign up to get our top five podcast episodes to help you streamline your marketing so you can make this your million dollar year. Head over to stacyzeal.co slash podcast.